Okay, good morning, good to see you all. So, uh, as Daryl said, we're starting our series um, on how to pray, and uh, I'm going to start with a question for you this morning. So, on a scale of 0 to 10, how satisfied are you with your prayer life? Where 10 is completely satisfied, couldn't be better, and 0 is, I feel like a failure, it's dreadful. Have a think. I'm not going to ask you to tell me. If you're unsatisfied, why? You know, if I'm honest, I'm gonna, I would say that I probably would spend most of my time feeling like a failure when I think about my prayer life. So I think I don't pray enough. I don't pray the right kind of prayers. I don't pray with enough faith. I don't pray with enough passion. Uh, I get bored when I'm praying. Um, I think probably God isn't listening. Probably God is bored when I'm praying. Anybody else? You know, it's, it's hard, isn't it? But I think that a lot of us probably struggle in this whole area of prayer. And, and maybe we think that there's a particular standard that we need to be meeting. And we're not quite sure what that is, but we pretty much think we're not meeting it. Why is prayer such a big issue? You know, we know it's important, we know we need to pray, and I would say most of us probably we want to pray. But how do we pray? How do we meet that standard? What is that standard? Well, today I want to get to the heart of prayer, God's heart. And my prayer is that every one of us will be encouraged to pray and equipped to pray. And that's what this new series is all about whether you've been praying for decades or for days, I believe that there's something fresh that we can all gain in this whole area of prayer, something fresh to learn. Are you up for that? Hopefully a few of you are. So this series is based on Pete Gregg's book, How to Pray, a simple guide for normal people. Do we have any normal people in the room? No, we've got lots of shaking heads. Yeah, you know, we had that answer in the first service as well. Normal is overrated, isn't it? But what we mean by normal is not superhuman, not super Christians. So if that is the category of normal, do we have any normal in the room? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Helen. See your hand at the back there. <laughs> Absolutely. A simple guide for normal people. I think that's what we need, isn't it, when it comes to prayer. And this book is also um, the basis for the prayer course, which is available online with Pete Gregg and 24-7 Prayer, uh, which you can watch if you want to. And we'll be sending out all the details by email this afternoon. And uh, if you're um, watching online and you haven't had that information, you can contact us in the way, ways we'll show you at the end. So we're going to be looking at the Lord's Prayer as the basis for this series. So let's start by having a look at that. Luke 11. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Now, at this point in time, the disciples have been with Jesus for quite a while. So they will have often seen him go and pray. They would have heard him praying. So we don't know 
quite what brought them at this point to ask that question. And, uh, and I kind of imagine it in my, in my mind's eye as the disciples were kind of like, well, you ask him. No, you ask him. You know, one of those situations where the bravest person asks the question, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, as Jews, Jewish people, the disciples were, they would have been brought up learning how to pray. They would have been taught how to pray. They knew the format of prayer. But when they saw Jesus pray to his father, they saw something different. And that's what spurred them on to ask, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, Jesus could have responded with, well, you should know by now. (laughs) Haven't you got this all together? But he didn't. He graciously taught them to pray. Now, we read, as we read in the, uh, further on in the New Testament, and we read from the tales of the stories of the early church, we see that th- these guys actually achieved amazing things in their prayer. They saw prison doors open. They saw people saved. They saw people healed. They saw amazing miracles. They had incredible revelations of God. They became mighty prayer warriors. But they had to start somewhere. And this is where they started. Lord, teach us to pray. It didn't just happen. They had to ask the question. And that's where we're starting too. Even if, as I said, we've been praying for decades, we can come back to that place. Lord, teach me to pray. That's what this series is all about. So let's start at the very beginning with a recognition that the purpose of prayer is communion with God. It's about relationship, conversation, hanging out, being together. Now, as families, we know that it's important to spend time together. But how we spend that time will vary according to the people involved. And if you're a parent and you've got more than one child, I can pretty much guarantee that they're different, very different. Our girls are very different. Now, when our children were small, Lois would have been very happy just to have sat on my lap and had a cuddle and talk for hours. That would have made her happy. Jess, on the other hand, wouldn't have cuddled me and wouldn't have sat for more than 10 seconds because that was not her. If I wanted to spend time with Jess, I had to build something, uh, create something, or probably wreck something, actually, more to the point. When our children are different, we do different things with our children in order to spend time with them. We recognize that we are different, and therefore how we communicate is different. How we spend time with each other is different. So why would we think that the way that we spend time with our Heavenly Father is going to be the same as everybody else? If we're all different... Why wouldn't the way that we communicate with God also be different? Prayer is about relationship, relationship between us and the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So when we're in a relationship with someone, we communicate on the basis of the relationship that we have. And different people that we're in relationship with, we will communicate differently. So when we come to Jesus and we say, Lord, teach me to pray, we're asking for a personal lesson, a lesson that's tailor-made for us. Jesus gave a pattern for praying, and that is helpful, and we'll be using that to help us understand the elements of prayer. 
But how we do this will be unique to each one of us. Ultimately, prayer is an invitation to intimacy. Father God is inviting us to meet with him, to spend time with him. Now, he knows us inside out, whether we like that fact or not. He knows us, and he knows our hang-ups about prayer. He knows our doubts. He knows that sometimes we think he's not listening, and sometimes we might even doubt that he exists. He sees the fact that sometimes we've been hurt and disappointed and that our prayers haven't really helped in the way that we would have liked. And he isn't even offended that sometimes we find prayer boring. He just loves us. He just wants a relationship with us. He wants to spend time with us even more than we could want to spend time with him. When we come to him, he isn't looking at us in judgment. He's not looking at us bored and indifferent. He's excited to be with us. He's just glad we showed up. As we continue this series on prayer, please do not forget that the heart of prayer is love. If we lose that sense of prayer as being about friendship, then it just becomes about technique and theory, and there's no joy in that. So, I want to look at three principles of prayer that Pete Gregg talks about that I think are really helpful. The first is, keep it simple. The second is, keep it real. And the third is, keep it up. So, to start, keep it simple. So often we complicate things, don't we? And I'm sure this applies to prayer too. So, Matthew 6, Jesus said, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. I like the way it puts it in the message. The world is, so full, is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They are full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. With a God like that loving us, we can pray very simply. And then he goes on to teach the disciples the Lord's Prayer, which is a very short, very simple prayer. Archbishop Justin Welby says, The Lord's Prayer is simple enough to be memorized by small children and yet profound enough to sustain a whole lifetime of prayer. In actual fact, there's very few rules when it comes to prayer. There are things that are helpful, like closing our eyes when we pray, but we can walk and pray. We can drive and pray with our eyes open. We can be loud or we can be silent. We can be in a crowd or we can be on a mountaintop. We can dance, walk, run. We can write our prayers. We can draw our prayers. As I said earlier, we are all different, and how we communicate with our Father will be different. Pete Gregg says, God invites you to pray simply, directfully, and truthfully in the full and wonderful weirdness 
of the way he's actually made you. You're all a bit weird. Look around. (laughs) We're all a bit weird, folks. And I love that, that God wants us to pray in the full and wonderful weirdness of the way that he's made us. So don't try and pray like someone else. Pray like you. We can learn from others, and that's one of the wonderful things about when we meet together to pray. We can learn when we hear other people praying, but that doesn't mean we become like them. We need to be ourselves. Joyce Mayer, in her book, The Power of Simple Prayer, says, When we say, Lord, teach me to pray, we are asking him to teach us to pray in a distinctly personal way and to enable our prayers to be easy, natural expressions of who we are. We need to go before God just the way we are and give him the pleasure of enjoying the original he has made each one of us to be. We need to approach God with our own strengths, weaknesses, uniqueness, and everything else that so wonderfully distinguishes us from everyone else in the world. God enjoys meeting us where we are, developing a personal relationship with us and helping us to grow to be everything he wants us to be. God wants you. He made you you. He wants you to pray as you. So we've given you a guide on your, um, on your seats. You will have noticed you have a prayer tool. We will be using uh, various different guides over this, uh, over this series. And uh, you don't need to, to read all that now. Take it home, have a little look at it. But it's a guide about how to have a quiet time. And it just gives some practical ideas if you're not quite sure where to start or you need perhaps something fresh to kick you off. If you're watching online, obviously you haven't got a piece of paper with you, but we will be emailing out the information to you. Or if you're not connected with us by email, you can visit the prayer course online. Go to the Toolshed app and see all the resources there. Now you'll see that on the guide, they use an acronym there, PRAY, which is Pause, Rejoice, Ask and Yield. And we'll be covering this throughout the the, the rest of the series. But pause is really just about coming and sitting still before God, laying aside our agenda and focusing on who he is. Rejoice, as Daryl has already mentioned, coming with adoration and thanksgiving. Asking, we bring our requests to God, and then we yield, we surrender to him. We yield to his holiness through confession and repentance. We yield to his power through spiritual warfare. So... Keep it simple. Secondly, keep it real. Jesus told the parable of two prayers. In Luke 18, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you, I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. The Pharisee prayed to tick a box. The tax collector came honestly before God. 
He was real. He was honest. And God listened to him. You know, I think sometimes we feel we need to almost hide behind the right kind of prayers. We're not honest before God. But the Bible is full of brutally honest prayers. Let's look at an example of Moses moaning to God about the Israelites in Numbers 11. So Moses said to God, Why are you treating me this way? What did I ever do to you to deserve this? Did I conceive them? Was I their mother? So I dumped the responsibility of this people on me. I can't do this by myself. It's too much. All these people, if this is how you intend to treat me, do me a favor and kill me. I've seen enough. I've had enough. Let me out of here. Anybody ever prayed a prayer like that? I've had enough. Let me out of here. Yeah? A real prayer. And Moses wasn't the only one. Jeremiah ranted at God. David cried out to God. Jacob wrestled with God. You know, the amazing things about this prayer, these prayers is not that they were prayed, but they were recorded in the Bible. If we believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God, Holy, Holy Spirit inspired, why are that, that kind of stuff in there unless it's what the Holy Spirit wants us to read? But somehow there's something about these prayers that we need to know and understand. In fact, maybe some of these prayers are the kind of prayers that we need to pray. See, God is big enough to deal with our disappointment, with our anger, with our frustration, with our doubt. He's not surprised by any of it because he knows it all already. And the wonderful thing is when we bring it to him in prayer, he can help. God wants us, him, God wants us to be real. He wants us to come to him in spirit and in truth. You know, we might try and cover up, mightn't we? Sometimes we put a brave face on. You know, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. We might even do that when we come to church. I'm fine. But God sees our heart. There's no point in trying to cover up with God. He sees into the very depths of us. We can keep it real. So keep it simple, keep it real, and finally, keep it up. Luke 18, verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Let's be honest. It's easy to lose heart, isn't it, when we're praying for something and we're not seeing the answer. And the whole issue of unanswered prayer is really important. And that's why we're put on this course for, on Wednesday nights um, all about this whole difficulty of understanding unanswered prayer. And I would really encourage you, if you haven't done already, to sign up. It's so important. These are difficult issues, but they're issues that we need to be thinking about. Because prayer is a mystery, let's be honest. God is not a slot machine. It's not a one prayer in, one answer out. Prayer is about intimacy. And the purpose of prayer is far bigger than getting answers from God. It's about being in intimate relationship with him. Being in partnership with him for his kingdom. If God has called us to be persistent in prayer and not give up, then there must be a reason for that. We don't understand that. We don't understand why God doesn't seem to... Well, sometimes he might answer the first time we pray. And other times it seems to take a long while before the breakthrough comes. But God wants us to keep it up. 
You know, when our girls were small, one of the things we did with them, which I'm sure many of you parents will have done, is, you know, building a tower with bricks. You know, and they, want, they keep going and they keep going and they keep going. And then eventually it gets so big and wobbly that it crashes to the ground. And our prayer is a bit like that. You know, sometimes it's a brick upon a brick upon a brick upon a brick. And finally, the breakthrough comes. Some years ago, um, uh, when I was in a prayer meeting, uh, I had a picture. And um, I was basically... Uh, in a, there was a, like a concrete wall in front of me and I had a, a little pick and I was picking away, chipping away at this concrete wall and chipping away and chipping away. And then it was like the camera angle panned back and as then I could see that this concrete wall was in fact a dam, a huge dam. But there were lots of other people chipping away, chipping away at their bit of concrete in the dam. And eventually there was enough weakness that the dam broke. And that's the amazing thing about praying together, is that we're all chipping away, chipping away. But we don't know when the breakthrough is going to come sometimes. We just have to keep going. Remember that prayer is a spiritual activity. God is working in the spiritual realm. And we don't always see the result in the physical realm straight away, but that doesn't mean that our prayers aren't having an effect. God is working. Keeping it up is hard, but one of the easiest ways or one of the best ways to help us to keep it up is by having a routine. We've talked about the quiet time. You've got the, the sheet on that. Basically, all that is, is a daily time of spending time with God. We know how much he wants to spend time with us, but we have to make the choice to set aside time to be with him. And let's be honest, this is not going to happen without self-discipline. However we decide to spend that time, wherever, whenever, we need to plan it and stick to it as much as we can. Pete Gregg says, here is the great and inescapable truth, taught in scripture, modeled by Christ, and advocated without exception by all the heroes of our faith. You cannot grow in prayer without some measure of effort and discomfort, self-discipline and self-denial. Just as you cannot get physically fit without regular exercise and a healthy diet, so your spiritual growth will be determined to a very significant effect by significant extent, sorry, by the prayer exercises you choose or do not choose to establish and sustain. You know, if anybody could come up with an excuse why not to have a disciplined prayer life, it would have been Jesus. Jesus could have very easily said, my whole life is prayer. Talk to the Father all the time. But he made a choice to regularly go aside to spend time with his father. He took time. Now, anyone who's married will know that your relationship is not going to flourish without spending time together. Now, before you're married, this probably would apply to most people, you don't necessarily have to be booking to arranging time to spend together because you basically spend as much time as you possibly can together. But as time goes on, as life goes on, 
you then start to have to make time to be together. That's not because you love each other any less, but because you realize everything else crowds in and it's so important to make that time. The details of when and where our time with God, we spend with God, is, is not so important as the fact that it happens at all. Some people prefer mornings, other people evenings. You might like walking or sitting. If you have small children, you might need to hide in the toilet or under the stairs. I've done it. <laughs> and remember that there are seasons of our lives where prayer, prayer is just more difficult and having young children is one of those. I remember when our girls were small that when I did get time by myself to pray, I usually fell asleep. Anybody else? And at that time of my life, I had to make chatting to Jesus more of a part of my everyday activity, trying to keep the conversation going so that then when I could get time, it was, it was not like meeting up with someone I hadn't spoken to for months. Um, it was more like meeting up with a good friend who didn't mind if I fell asleep. Remember, this is not about achieving a standard. This is about maintaining a relationship. Make it as easy and as enjoyable as possible. Don't be unrealistic. You know, I've done that. I don't know about you. I've listened to someone speaking about prayer. I've read a book about prayer. I've got all enthused and excited. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then I fail miserably. And then I give up. Because what's the point? Set yourself an achievable goal. You know, that might be five minutes. Start small and build up. If you can't achieve what was unachievable, you're just going to feel like a failure, and that's what we don't want. So however and whenever you do it, make time to pray. Make it a priority. We do make time for what's important to us, don't we? And there is nothing more important than our relationship with Jesus. There is nothing that's going to last for eternity except for our relationship with Jesus. But remember, there's no one right way. Keep it simple, keep it real, keep it up. So, we can all come to Jesus afresh. Whatever our past experience of prayer, and say, Lord, teach me to pray. And then take a step forward in this wonderful adventure of prayer. I want to finish with a quote from Andrew Murray from his book, With Christ in the School of Prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. Yes, to pray. This is what we need to be taught. Though in its beginnings, prayer is so simple that the feeblest child can pray, yet it is at the same time the highest and holiest work to which man can rise. It is fellowship with the unseen and most holy one. The powers of the eternal world have been placed at its disposal. It is the very essence of true religion, the channel of all blessings, the secret of power and life. Not only for ourselves, but for others, for the church, for the world. It is to prayer that God has given the right to take hold of him and his strength. It is on prayer that the promises wait for their fulfillment, the kingdom for its coming, the glory of God for its full revelation.
Lord, teach us to pray. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you invite us into this intimacy of prayer. We thank you that we can connect with you in such a powerful way, that we can be instruments of releasing your power upon the world, and that we can experience the transformation of your power in our lives through our prayer. Lord, I thank you that you understand all of our hang-ups. I thank you that you understand all of our disappointments. You understand all of our frustrations. And God, we bring that all to you now. And Lord, we pray. Teach us to pray. Lord, we want to know you more. We want to experience more of what you have for us in this whole area of prayer. Will you help us, Jesus? Can you all agree with me together and let's say together, Lord, teach me to pray. Lord, teach me to pray. Let that be our prayer every day. In Jesus' name, amen.